Well, you're playing it. Well, I'll, I'll deal with that for you. Yeah, because you're better than me. That's all the notes. There we go. There's no. Oh, actually. Oh, that one there, you missed it. There's a man in the shadows with a gun in his eye And a blade shining oh so bright There's evil in the air, there's thunder in the sky And the killer's on the bloodshot streets Oh, and down in the tunnel where the deadly are rising Oh, I swear I saw a young boy down in the gutter He was starting to foam in the heat One night together when it's over, you know We'll both be so alone Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes When the night is over, like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone, gone, gone Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes But when the day is done and the sun goes down And the moonlight shining through then like a sinner before the gates of heaven I'll come walking on back to you <laughs> I'm gonna hit the highway like a battery ram On a silverback phantom bike When the metal is hot and the engine is hungry And I'm all about to see the light Nothing ever grows in this rotten old hole And everything is stunted and lost and nothing really rocks and nothing really rolls and nothing's ever worth the cost. And I know that I'm damned if I never get out, and maybe I'm damned if I do. But with every other beat I got left in my heart, you know I'd rather be damned with you. And if I gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned, dancing through the night with you. And if I gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned, gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned. Gotta be damned, you know I want to be damned Dancing through the night, dancing through the night Dancing through the night with you Instrumental This is the instrumental
Then like a sinner before the gates of heaven come crawling on back to you. Instrumental long version motorbike sound overlay. Is that it? <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> The boy has ever got My skin is raw But my soul is right And no one's going to stop me now i got to make my escape But I can't stop thinking of you And i never seen the sun And curve till it's way too late <laughs> <laughs> well, the sudden Summer night, would you give <laughs> Would you sing Batter of Hell in a small room? Oh, there we go. That's seven minutes of your life. You won't get back. Hello, and welcome to Look Who's Talking, episode 16. Is it? We'll go with that. Wow. Um, it might not be 16, but it's around that number, probably. I am always... Um, no? Yes, I'm here, and no. I'm Harry. Yes, sir. And uh, Luke has gone. Again. Just wait for the applause to stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Luke has gone. Um, not to the other side or anything. He's sort of... Been lured. Yeah, yeah lured. Uh, so I am joined today by Tim. Hello. How are you? I'm very well indeed. How are you? Very well. Nice day. Um, 
it's happened. Uh, it's been nice for the past sort of two hours. We've just recorded Reading Club. Yes. And we've just been singing some uh, some four-part parlour music. Well, in, which might... <laughs> in two parts, which sounded like sea shanties. But um, who knows? What have, what have you been doing today? I've been making fortune cookies. Have you? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? So did, was that sort of you knew that I was going to say that? Oh, I hoped, of... I hoped you were going to ask, so I could just say, I've been making fortune cookies. Were there any messages that sort of spoke to you? Uh, the best things in life are simple. Mm. And there was one other one, but I couldn't remember it. So there we are. Besides, they were going past my eyes at a rate of like, <laughs> I don't know, 100 a oh. minute. <laughs> so yes. Anyway, well, sorry. There we go. So um, what are we here to talk about <clears throat> today, this we're, fine day? We're here to talk about Victorian parlour music, believe it or not. We've sort of... We've chosen the uh, subject for this week to be a little bit more in depth than our usual look who talk who's talking. What, so, do we, what, what do we normally do? What do you normally do? We just pick a variety of topics. What like uh, pingu or something? Yeah, you know, what do you think of the sky? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any thoughts on wardrobes or you know? That sort of thing. Okay. Um, oh, we should say hello as well to all of our patrons who are watching this episode over on Patreon. Hello, patrons. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to watch the unedited video... Don't watch the unedited video. Yeah, you can sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash WCCY or visit WCCY.co.uk for more information. It's Absolutely. a pound a month. Come on. Is it? It's a pound a month. Well, That's all you get. Well, Can you ask for your money back? Um, oh, you'd have to speak to somebody. So, yeah, we're going to take a trip back about 150 years. Probably oh. 160 years, isn't it, now, actually? I don't know, actually. Uh, 1901, I think, is when Victoria died. Yes. And, and was she somewhere, is she 60 glorious years? So she must have been 41, 1841 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Yeah, well. But we're not here to look things up. You, you, you know, we're, we're not here, here to, to do our research. No, we're here to just no. speak. We're just here to you know, you look, look things up yourself. Yeah, you know, you've got we're an iPad. To, we're listening to, to on, yes. you listen to this on something. Don't take our word for it. <laughs> we're just the conduit. You yeah. need to do the work. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about parlour songs, yep. music hall. If we've got the time. Yeah, you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Ye olde songy. Yes. Yeah. So... Well, there we go. There we Have are. a Google about it and Thank let us know what much. you think. <laughs> so, parlour songs. Yes. Should we define what a parlour is, first of all? Well, a parlour, I'd imagine some of our listeners have got a bit of money and they're likely to have a parlour. People have parlours. I suppose if they can afford to send you money every month, they must have a parlour. They're a posh bunch. Uh, They're a posh bunch. Probably got a drawing room as well. Uh, Of course, with a bureau in the corner. With a bureau in the corner. So a parlour room is, because I looked this one up, but I guess, first of all, comes from the French. By law. Parlour, parler. uh, Means to talk. And it was a room where you went to to talk. Well... Power songs are sometimes known as drawing room ballads. I have been well. I have looked this up as well, and I think a drawing room, which originally was titled the withdrawing room, oh. was somewhere where you withdrew to after dinner. Ah, let so, us all go through to the drawing room. Not all, just the blokes. 
Oh. Only the men went through to the withdrawing room so they could smoke cigars and drink brandy and talk about politics. Um, the, the business women, of the day. I think the women probably didn't go there. So mm. that's a withdrawing room or a drawing room. A parlour room was somewhere where just during the day, maybe evenings, you went and that's what you did in yes. that you spoke of, talked or entertained. Polish your loot. Polish your loot, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. John Dowland on yes. the wax yeah. cylinder. Oh, good old John Dowland. <laughs> Ah, the blossoming of the English lutenist. Do you know what I will say? John Dowland supposedly was a virtuoso of his time. And not that I'm an expert on sort of grading lute playing. This is going to get you into trouble. I think he's great. Well, that's all right then. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. I spent about a week a few weeks ago just constantly listening to John Dowland. It was done in tab as well. You can get tab. I've seen for loot. tab loot books. Yes, I did look at buying a loot. Yep, and then I saw the price and decided you didn't it have wasn't loot. for me. Yes, I didn't yeah. have much loot for a yeah, loot. They are, it, it's, it is nice music. You've got to get your head around it first of all. But um, apparently, it was there was tab for loots, and you can get music for loots as well. <clears throat> it's quite uh, it's nice stuff once you get into it. Mm. I'm, I'm all into that medieval. Ye well, olde Richie Blackmore. Yeah, well, perhaps you, I'll buy a castle and yes, marry a younger yeah, lady. You just wander around in the garden <laughs> with yes, your loot. And be a bit strange. Yes. Um, I might wear my hat at a jaunty angle. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about parlour songs? So, yeah, so parlour songs. Yeah. What is slash are they? A parlour song was something that was obviously sung in a parlour. Um, there you go. They were usually songs of love or regret, or bittersweet memories, or death, or social songs, mm. like um, drinking, yes, or just general socially bad behaviour. And I think it was, it's a sort of a, you know, Charles Dickens? Not personally. Not but personally, no. He's, he's, he's gone and... He's the a bit, Butcher he's was a, a big bit, fan. He's a bit dead, isn't he? Said he was a lovely bloke. Yeah, but a lot of his... <laughs> Books, a lot of his novels, included a social element, which reminded us all how lucky we were and how terrible life was for the people we pretended to care about. Mm. And I think power songs sort of do the same job. They sing about people who are like fathers are drunkard and mother is dead. Mm. Now, the people in the parlour wouldn't have had a, a, a drunk father and a dead mother because they led lives that were separate. But I think these songs were designed to remind them of that. Well, there's a, there's a lot of parallels with that and musical, I'd say. We'll, so? we'll get on to musical. Because I'd say musical is mostly sort of known for being sort of comical songs. And a bit raunchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of those early musical songs... A very sort of, it's probably the the blurring point of where parlour becomes the sort of performed rather than rather than just sung, yeah, to a select bunch of people, yeah. But there are certain songs that you could never sing in polite company. Why don't you give us an example? Well, I'm thinking of <laughs> things, songs like "Oh, What a Beauty." I've never seen one as big as that before. You wouldn't have that in a Victorian <laughs> parlour room. Have you seen the Armstrong and Miller sketch? Yes. Where he's in that Regency drawing room and he's in gay bar <laughs> and stuff like that. And the women are swooning all around him. Well, it would probably have sort of the same effect if you sang um, 
Give me a rude musical song. Um, Daddy wouldn't buy me a bow wow. <clears throat> uh, is that rude? <clears throat> it's not. Yes. I've got a little. Oh, uh, Miss P has an even ruder version of that. <clears throat> I can't even say it because it's got rude words all the way through it. But it's very, very now, funny. Supposedly, yes. from what I have to, from what Daddy my, wouldn't buy me a bow. What my research has told me. Seriously, I think. I'm, do you know what? I might have even written this down you in haven't. preparation. Um, uh, let's have a little. It's look. a rude song. It, Daddy wouldn't buy me a bow wow. Don't want to hear this. It, well, she, the performer in yes. question, who would have sung this song, was holding a cat. Right. Oh dear. And supposedly, yes. the bow wow yes. is a sort of. I don't want to know. A, a, well, a Victorian <laughs> term for an upper class gentleman. Who would prey upon the youth? Seriously, yes. All these songs are about perverts, <laughs> <clears throat> and that's why we're here today. To uh, so, yeah. Apparently, it's sort of uh, Daddy wouldn't let me go off have a, a go. pervert. <laughs> yes, seriously, yes. Wow. Yes. Well, that's really weird. That's like mm. code. So you couldn't really play that in a Victorian parlour. <clears throat> no. It's a song. Like, have you heard of "Have a Medea, Medea"? <laughs> well, there's that man trying to get a young lady hammered mm. on Madeira, which is like sherry type thing, I think. Not the cake. Not the cake. No, I, I'd have a Madeira from anybody. I mean, uh, if it was, yeah, we'll bring it, if, if it was the cake. Pass it over. I'd have the cake, but "Have a Madeira, Medea" was like an old man trying to get a young girl drunk. Mm. So he could do whatever he wanted to do with Have his girl. dastardly way with dastardly her. way. So you you couldn't uh, do that in a drawing because it wasn't a song. Not enough room. You'd have to act it out, wouldn't you? Yes. Have a Madeira, Madeira. <laughs> and I think it was banned. And there's, what's the other one? What's the other one? Coming to the Garden Mode, which was sung in Victorian Powers. Mm. Because it's coming to the garden. I think the words are by Ten- Alfred Lord Tennyson. Good they? grief. Oh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, but again... That's someone by the garden gate at night mm. trying to get a young lady to come down to see him unchaperoned. Unchaperoned. Raunchy stuff, everyone. Yeah, for I am here at the gate alone. Yeah, you wouldn't have it. it, it I think not. if you say alone like that, it does sort Al- of... <laughs> alone. Oh, yes. uh, so, Songs like that. I think that would have been sung, but that's because it was done by posh people. Hmm. Um, but on the whole, have a Madeira, Madeira, no. Um, Daddy wouldn't buy me a bow, certainly not. No. A uh, little bit of, a bit, a bit of what you fancy does you good? Uh, not at all. Uh, no? You mm. It would be like the Armstrong and Miller Regency <laughs> drawing room. They just wouldn't do it at all. So I think the songs that were sung in Victorian parlours were songs of... Um, uh, what's the word? Sentimental songs, sentimental ballads. There's a lot of melancholy in there, though, as well. Bittersweet melancholy. Bittersweet is a good Sweet. word. I hate it. Mm. Um, but I think it sort of sums it up. And it sums the social reform and things to remind you what was happening in the world that you are away from, fortunately. Mm. It's like when we watch things. Well, I don't watch much on telly, but you watch things about murders. Mm. And you can revel in all that, knowing that it's not happening outside your house or inside your house. You mm. can just look at it and think, oh, it must, it must be terrible. Oh, look at that. It's horrible. But I'm safe in my house watching it on the TV. Yeah. And I think it's exactly the same. There were songs designed to show you another side of the world or to bring things to your attention. Yes. Like that, that one we were just having to go of, Mother, I've Come Home to Die. I, I insert clip here. You can play it. I'm not sure whether they're going to sing it. <clears throat> one, two, three. 
Thank you and good night. <laughs> right. Yeah, which was about a soldier who came home from the war and he was going to die. Mm. There was a lot of death round then. Well, I, I've i watched a few documentaries about this period Ooh. of uh, music. I'm sure there's a better way to say that, but uh, it, it escapes me at present. Genre, no, you can't say genre either because it'll be going on. This, this, this stuff. This sort of stuff I've watched a lot yes. of documentaries yes. about. Yeah. And... Um, the subject of death comes up quite a lot. That's because there was lots and lots of death around. But in in a sort of good way, that apparently a lot of the songs that are about death, people found quite funny, especially in the music hall environment, only because it wasn't it. It was normal that you would die when you were forty, or you got hit by a by a horse. Yes. Yeah. So it, it sort of. It's not as sort of we we read it thinking that that's quite grim mm. and sort of oh, you know he's only thirty yeah. and he's got <laughs> inserts yes. Victorian illness here. Well, and, and yes, it, it would get you. And if you look at pictures of um, Victorians at the time when they were about fifty, if they got that far, they looked about seventy. Uh, horrendous, Terrif- terrifyingly old. It, how do people did. age that quickly? Uh, hard lives. Well, even the, even if you watch things from the sixties and you look at the actors that were in it, and yes. you Google them, yes, and they died in like nineteen seventy-two at the age of eighty. Yes, but they look. It's yeah. like Arthur Lowe. Sorry to go on a bit of a tangent well, here. Yeah, mind. <laughs> I think Arthur Lowe was like sixty-two when he died. Yes, that's weird, isn't it? But he looked about seventy. Yes. ten years before. Yes, it's very strange, isn't it? It's really odd. But people had hard lives. It's and, and there was so much death around. Um, I, 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 don't, I can't see musical songs being about death too much, apart from "Your Baby Has Gone Down a Plug Hole." Mm. Um, the poor little thing was so wasted and thin it should have been bathed in a jug. Uh, your baby is perfectly happy. He won't need a bath anymore. Your baby has gone down the plug hole, not dead, just gone before. Oh. So I know, but there was so much infant death around at the time. Mm. There was death, death, death everywhere, and it was normal and commonplace. So people would come home to die. Um, there's a song as well called I think it's in this book. Shall I be an angel, Daddy? We should say that we are we are holding <clears throat> the Paula Songbook. Yep. There you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, which is a, um, a fantastic source of information. I just thought about McDonald's and he rude. Oh, yes. M- uh, death. Muck of death. Yes, muck death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the subject of death, like your baby has gone down the plug hole, it was everywhere. Mm. And I was, I think I was just talking about, shall I be an angel daddy? Which yes. may well have been about a young uh, person who was either so aware of death because she'd have seen maybe her brothers and sisters dying. Mm. Uh, maybe she thought that she was going to be dead and be an angel, and that's the only consolation that they had. Um, there are books. I used to have a book when I was very, very small, and it was a Victorian book, and it was all about children preparing to die. Did you buy it new? Um, no. Ha, ha, ha. Along with my autographed copy of the Bible. <laughs> and my Latin On driving slate. lessons. Um... <laughs> I hope you choke on your tea. Um, yeah, it, it was a book. I can't remember what it was called, but it was full of um, children facing death and mm. it was a 
terrifying book. It's probably in Latin, wasn't it? It was. No, it was in very, very <laughs> tiny print on paper thin pages. Paper thin pages, really thin pages. But paper thin. I, yeah. Let's just. Where are we? Um, shall I be an angel, Daddy? Can we find it? It's got to be in here somewhere. It is. We're scrolling see, through. See, and th- th- there's a song here called Let Me Kiss Him for His Mother, which is obviously about someone dying um, far away from his family. Well, it's so... Death was everywhere. Shall but, I be an angel, Daddy? <clears throat> page 185. OK, 185. Let's have a look. We're scrolling through. It's in the section called Boys and Girls or Songs of Childhood. Oh, dear, Songs of Childhood. We go to the back of that one, and Here the words will be there. Uh, one day, a father to his son told a sad story, a heartbreaking one. He took from an album a photo and said, This is your mother, but long she's been dead. <laughs> you, she has left me to cherish and love. She is an angel, my child up above. And a boy, too, in an instant or two, close to his side. And these are the words that he softly replied, Shall I be an angel, Daddy? So everybody was aware of death, mm. because there was so much death around but not all parlor songs were about death. No. They were about love, maybe unrequited love, like, say, after the ball. Um, heartbreak, loss. So this 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 is a music hall song, 1897. Shall I be so, an angel daddy? The song comes from the music hall of 19, uh, 1987. <laughs> it was the Pet Shop Boys did yes. this one. Uh, 1897. Whoa, really? The previous song belonged to the Impeccable Drawing Room School. This comes from the musical hall of 1897. Wow. The sentiments are very similar, but the song boasts a very fetching chorus. It's a lovely chorus. The setting is quite delightful. Yeah. Can we, um, have you got any chance of of knocking that out on the old piano? On the old Joanna? Yeah. Was it 185 again, was it? It is 185. This book's going to snap again, isn't it, if I open it? It's going to be, uh, oh God, it's in a nice key as well. Don't bother with that. Just just play me... uh, Shall I be an angel? What's, what's my sounding note? Uh. Okay. Give me that E flat. Oh, what's the C? <clears throat> oh, God. Shall I be an angel, Daddy? Where's the... Uh... I don't know where it is. Um, oh, there it is. 186 down the bottom. Shall I... Oh, yes, there it is. Be an angel, Daddy. Got a horrible key. Shall I be an angel? Was it a polka? (laughs) Here we go. Shall I be an angel, Daddy? I can't, I can't get there. But that's it. Shall I be Take an angel, word for daddy? It, anyway. An angel in the sky. Yeah, it's a lovely song. But again, death, death, death. But they were all death. You know, there was like songs of I, a miner's dream of home. Dear mother, I've come home to die. That's a lovely one. That really is. Um, and that's the one we were trying to, yes. R- to achieve. Yeah. Uh, but it needs four parts, I think. But if it's just two parts, two blokes' voices, it's everything sounds a little bit aggressive. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like um, a, a sea shanty. Which, yeah. So they weren't all about death. There were sentimental songs. There were songs about loss. There were songs about loss of a land or loss of a person. They were lovely songs, and they were designed to be sung. They were easy songs. Yes. 
Uh, although the piano arrangements... On some of the Victorian ones, I think the piano arrangements are fairly simple because if you had a, a difficult piano arrangement, you couldn't sell the song. Mm. And the only way to make any money was to sell the song. So on the whole, a lot of the piano arrangements, of a lot of them are fairly straightforward. Yes. Easy keys, apart from E flat or whatever <laughs> it was. Um, I was E flat, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and easy to sing. Yeah. So the vocal lines were nice and smooth, a few big jumps, but on the whole they were easy to play and easy to sing, which is what you wanted in the Victorian Palace song. And the, but I'd say that the style, well, definitely, is very different to how you would write now. Oh, it's completely different. It's... Yes. It bears, like, no resemblance to a uh, sort of... But the thing is, why and how? Because it's just... A lot of them are just three, four chords. But they're sort of... Sort of folk, I'd say. No, it depends on the folk. They're not like stick your finger in your ear. No, 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 no. Go on about something from the 16th century which never existed at all. They're quite sort of... They're melodically complex, I'd say, because a lot of those melodies... Yes. They do move around. They're quite... They're very memorable. Yes. But at the same time, they do sort of wander about... The vocal lines do. Yeah. Yeah. The the melodies are interesting. So you're assuming that your singer can do it. Yes. I mean, it's not like, I hate to say this, Taylor Swift, mm. who writes good songs, but a very, very limited vocal range. Everything moves around you. <clears throat> Everything moves around you, and you're not really taxed by mm. the melody, which what people don't want. The only person who gets away with that these days is Adele, I think, who does all sorts of... Sort of almost pitch-perfect vocal gymnastics. Yeah. Oh, she's pretty good. But on the whole, <clears throat> yeah, these melody lines do move around because people took music... I'm not saying they took it more seriously, but they took the techniques, the singing. They were, they, they were singing teachers and they were piano teachers. I think, yeah, it's a very different... It's a very different world. Yes. But it's, it was also probably a very different way of learning back then as well. I, like, th- I think so. You know, if you were learning the piano back then... Yeah. You'd have been given all sorts of horrendous things to... I say horrendous, but sort of... Yes, I think... What are we talking? I think more would have been expected of you, because let's not forget that Victorian times, and if you're talking about sort of 1850s, it's not long after Beethoven died. No. Well, actually, not long after, but I think... He's he's not cold. No, Wagner was still knocking about. Yeah. So there was a lot of serious music about, and there were a lot of piano teachers, and it was, let's face it, it was the only thing you had. Yeah, and it's probably quite an upper-class thing as well, because you you wouldn't assume that everybody's going to have a piano. Although there were thousands being made and sold. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd I'd say middle-class to upper-class. Because you think you've got to learn how to play it. Uh, You, you, You need a piano in your house. Yeah. Yeah, you need room for a piano in the house. Yes, that's. I think that's the main thing is that yeah. you've got. You, you know, if you yes. haven't got the space, you're not going to learn. No, so you can't fit it in the room. So you need a power to put it in. So it is middle class, upper class. So let's cross the pond oh. a little bit. Oh dear, do we have to? I think we should. Okay. W-C-C-Y. We're going to talk a, a little bit about. Somebody who's known as the father of American music. Yes. You can trace him all the way forwards. You can. And you end up with Randy Newman. You do. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that. Oh. And, um, but the person who we're going to talk about, <clears throat> it's sort of, 
it's not very politically correct to speak about him. Not very. Not. It's well, you, not. You can it, you can speak about him. You can. But the he, he, the baggage he brings with him. Oh boy, is very questionable. It's just it is just questionable. It's well, it's not even questionable. It's wrong. It's wrong. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna talk about Stephen Foster for a moment. He's one of my favourite composers of popular songs. Now, yeah, so Stephen Foster. <laughs> oh dear. So Ugh. he was one of the first sort of successful American composers. Yes. Really? I think so. And he's he's regarded as the father of American music. Yeah. I suppose Stephen Foster wrote the same sort of things as the Victorian parlour song. I think... When was he writing? When was he born? He was born on the 4th of July, 1826, in Lawrenceville, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the United States. Okay, so we're talking... That's very, very early, isn't it? And he died on the 13th of January, 1864. Now, that's hardly into Victorian, but he was firmly in Victorian times. Yeah. And by the time his songs had gone around the world, then you'd have been Victorian. Yeah. And, and people would know them and they'd be able to sing them in their parlours without uh, much thought, I would have thought. So he wrote some very familiar s- tunes to people. Yeah. Songs that still well, still exist today, really. A lot, a lot of them do. Yeah. They might have different words. Uh, um, I would think that very likely. Yeah, but everybody knows a Stephen Foster song, I would have thought. Yes. Did you start out B-flat? I did. <laughs> I would never have done that. God. What? Um, yeah. The Camp Down Races. Yes. Now, maybe we should explain uh, how he wrote his songs. So, Stephen Foster... We, we should just get this out of the way <clears throat> first. A lot of Stephen Foster's lyrics were very racist or racially insensitive. At the time. They, they are now. At the time, I think all of these things have to be taken at the, in the spirit of the time, the zeitgeist. Yeah. So at the time, they would have been quite acceptable because... Maybe for him. And his audience. Yes, the, the people for him and the people he was writing for. Yes, yes, yes. We, we have to tiptoe around this because at the time, okay. Let, let's just say where he got his songs from. Maybe he didn't write all his own melodies. No, a lot of his melodies were stolen wholesale and improved or not, and they were stolen from slaves. Yes. I think he attended a black church, didn't he, growing up? Did he? Yes. Right, okay. So, uh, and apparently, I think the Campdown races, that was a sort of, I'm assuming you say gospel song? Right, yeah, yeah, Uh, Yeah, was it? You know, I'm not sure when gospel began to be known as gospel, but what you would assume to be a sort of American churchy, sing-alongy kind of thing. Okay. That's what he remembered it to right. be. Okay. All right. Okay. So he would, yeah. So he would have nicked an awful lot of his songs. Yes. From the black people that he grew up around. Yes. And that he heard singing. Yes. While they were at their forced work mm-hmm. or in church. Yes. And he would have probably taken some of those 
words as well, but not many. Once you've got a good tune, which is what he had, which is what was given to him, mm. then you just stuck words to it. And he, his words <clears throat> of most of his songs were glamorising the work of slaves. Yes. And especially glamorising the slave masters mm. who were, it seems, universally horrible. Yeah, you, were, you never hear of a nice one, do no, you? No, they, <laughs> they were appalling people. They did terrible things. But according to Stephen Foster and his songs, and the people in his songs, they were all lovely. Mm. And they um, they mourned their passing when their master died. Yes, um, I'm sure they did. We, yeah, God, no way. They're not tears of sadness. They were, bring. no, not at all. And there's one... Um, do we want to read any of these lyrics out? I think we should. I think for context. The, well, yeah. The thing is, the songs are so... The melodies are so nice that, unfortunately, we can't do anything with them because the words are so insensitive. Yes. Well, yeah, um, I mean, call out a song. Masses in the cold ground. Yes. Let me find that now, for you. This is a song of lament because their master has died and has been buried and he's now in the cold ground. No, I can't see that somehow. You know, if you're forced to work all your life, back-breaking, terrible work, mm. for no pay, nothing at all, then you would not be mourning the fact that your master had died. Yeah, well, I think if I quote you the first line... Oh, don't. Really... Well, seriously? I think, well, no, I think everybody gets the point. I've got to find one here, I'm sure. So it's, it here. And the thing is as well, not only are they sort of insensitive words, they're written in a sort of faux pronunciation, like the way... Uh, we're stuck, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, they are written in the colloquial. Yeah, they're written as he heard... I think he sort of phonetically written them as yes. some of the words. Yeah. So there's a lot of rather than the being oh, spelled T H E. You can't read the first line. No, yeah, that's what I mean. You can't even read the first line of this one. No. So there we are. And um, you could read the second if you alter the English. Yes. Um, oh, I wouldn't even read any of this. No. The thing is, it's such a lovely, lovely song. I think that's that's the problem that you have with this sort of stuff, is that I know recently the Stephen, the, there was a, a Stephen Foster uh, statue that was in his birthplace, place of birth, and um, it got taken down. The, the city removed yes. the statue. Now... It's not to take anything away from the songs. If the lyrics didn't exist, the songs would be... Uh, yeah. They're great. They would be the foundation of American, not just folk music, but American Undoubtedly music. Undoubtedly, he would be <clears throat> the sort of the number one. Yes. You know. Yeah. But because of the racial elements yeah. to the, all of his songs, pretty much. Uh, there are a few that aren't, and they are the ones that have stood the test of time, because you can get away with singing them now. Yeah. Have you seen the second verse of Oh, Susanna? Oh. You see, again, um, there's probably elements in the first verse that you can't take any notice of. And if anyone's trying to figure out what we're talking about, see if you can Google these songs and 
find the original versions. We were fortunate. We've got a book of the original versions here, which you can't really get anymore. Um, and some of the words are, they, they make your hair curl. They or, make your teeth curl. Or drop out. Let's have a, let's have a little look. There you go. There's the second verse. Right by there. Okay. Try not to show it to the camera. Aye. Oh, good grief. Seriously? Mm. Now, we should point out as well that this song is still very popular. Oh, Susanna. Yeah, but no one knows the words. N- no. Um, and I haven't heard it sung for years. Since he showed it you the first time. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this, Tim? Oh, dear. Uh, right. Oh, my word. Um, right. And we have to explain why they were so popular. One, they were good. Two, they were highly popularised. They were highly sung all over the place. Because mm. shows... This is really a tricky conversation. I it thought it would be easier than this. It's really tricky. Only It's only tricky because we're not in... We're not really in a position to sort of be able to speak about racial sort of issues. No. But you can't really talk about Stephen Foster and the popular how popular his songs were without talking, I'm afraid, about minstrel shows. Now, well, Stephen Foster was a minstrel performer. Right. Was he? He was. Good grief. Right, OK. Now, for those people who don't know, minstrel shows were... Blackface shows, yes. basically. You would, um, and there was one that was very, very popular on BBC One up until the late seventies, maybe even early eighties. Yeah, it's yeah, the black and white minstrels. Yeah, you can look for that on BBC One, and you will probably quite rightly be appalled by it. Yes, uh, because everybody used to look forward to this. And you say, well, uh, a, uh, but we uh, and, and even say the twenties and thirties, uh, Al Jolson, huge, huge. Uh, Al star. Jolson is probably the biggest performer of the twenties and thirties. Yeah, probably uh, he, he made a fortune. Yeah, um, and he used to do it practically all in blackface. Yeah, all of them. In, Little Pal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, in, indeed, Miss P thought he was black. Yes, uh, until she found out, and then she didn't believe anybody. But Eesh. it was truth. But minstrel shows were hugely popular all over the world. Yeah. And that's how Stephen Foster's songs travelled. They travelled with the minstrel shows. Yeah. Um, and they made their way into powers. It's because I, obviously, doing a bit of research for this, the minstrel side of performing yeah. was huge in the music halls as well. Was it? And apparently when some of the American minstrel tourers, yeah. I don't know what you the caravans or whatever yeah. you call them, that they come over, they couldn't believe that they'd that we had created the same thing. Seriously? Without seeing them perform. Wow. Really? So we had... But I say, I'm say i saying this with sort of, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Apparently, yeah. the British minstrel shows, yeah. the song's lyrics weren't to sort of put them down. They were sort of written in a sort of more uh, we're great really? way. Oh, nice. I'm saying that, okay. you know, pinch of salt, have a Google. Mm-hmm. But, I, 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 yeah, I will. Well, oh, maybe maybe don't Google minstrel show. No. Near me. Does oh, it, you know, um, but they did exist. Yes. And I think any serious conversation about, say, American folk music or Stephen Foster or vaudeville, you, you can't avoid the subject. No. 
but how you how you deal with it and how you treat it is another thing entirely. Yeah, I think you should look at it, and the motives behind it. No, you can't do that either. But just look at the melody and the music, not the words. Just look at the music and the melodies, and they stand out on their own. Because mm. they're they, they great little songs. Ignore the words. Stephen Foster got taught the piano. Or t- uh, it's very sort of... There's about three different dates that he was supposedly born. Right. So he's it, sort of of that period where... Yeah. We're not it's, that. It's very early on. You were born, you were born. Who yeah, you, you were born yeah. around then. Yeah. His um, He had a music teacher, oh. a German composer. Wow. And apparently he just picked up the piano, the violin, the clarinet and the guitar. Yeah, he's one of those. So yeah, okay. I'm not sure to sort of what extent no. as if he was sort of known as the virtuoso. Probably. Uh, his songs stand for themselves, I think. Yeah. And the piano arrangements are quite nice. Yeah. Nice and, nice and simple. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to know how to treat him. His songs are great. However, there are a few that you can still do these days. Yes. My Dream of Genie. Mm. That's a lovely That's song. That's still covered by endless amount of people. Yes. It's sort of... Yeah, it's just a lo- I Dream of Genie with the... Actually, I, I keep on thinking she's a light brown bear. A, <laughs> I Dream of Genie with, with the light brown hair. With the light brown hair. Um, but every time I hear it, that's all I can say. It's like hyperdemic nerdle. <laughs> I, when I heard that for the first time, all I can do now is say hyperdemic nerdle. Um, but I dream of Jeannie. She's see, she's in light brown bit. No, I dream of Jeannie with a light brown hair. It's a lovely, lovely ballad. It's very nice. Yes. Have you got any words to that? I have. They are in this book. Yeah. Did he write the words himself? Good question. We shall find out. Oh, here we go. Hi, here we go. Here we go. Poetry and music by Stephen C. Foster. I like the way it's called poetry. Just read a bit out. I dream of Jeannie with light brown hair, born like a vapour on the summer air. Do that. It's lovely. I see her tripping where the bright streams play, happily as the daisies that dance on her way. Ah, oh, see, that's that's really nice. That is, yeah. it's nicely poetry, and you can imagine that being sung in a Victorian parlour. You can, yeah. You know, someone playing the piano, um, someone standing up, waistcoat, one hand on the mantelpiece. Aye. Yeah, one hand on the mantelpiece, and thumb in his waistcoat like that. <laughs> Extravagant whiskers. Um, I think they're called Piccadilly Whiskers. Are they called Piccadilly Whiskers? Sort of the... Yes. Yes. But you you can see it. Mm. Uh, It's it's a perfect song for it. Unfortunately, most of the other songs are perfect. Musically, they're perfect. Yes. Lyrically, you can't touch them. No. No, and not. quite right as well. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're not sort of trying to skate around saying, but we like them. No, but uh, no. <laughs> Musically, yeah, the melodies are lovely, but lyrically, you can't touch them at all. Well, it for when we were researching to do this episode, we, <laughs> yeah, well, very vaguely, uh, we purchased some books that yes, you thought you had, but we couldn't find. And the problem is with a lot of the Stephen Foster books is that the lyrics just aren't in them. No. It's just the music, which sort of, it speaks volumes. Yes. But I say luckily or unluckily, I found this uh, big book that's got all of the original copies of his songs in. It's phenomenal. Which is both terrifying and... uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can find it anywhere. Um, I've got one somewhere. But and and rightly so. Signed copy. <laughs> I 
And I think rightly so. His, his songs, are, his melodies are marvellous. Mm. But um, the sentiments behind them, while they might have been normal at the time, and normal no more. No. And maybe you could reuse the melodies. I, 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 Probably. I, 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 know can't, that, I can't imagine why that hasn't been done. Well, he's apparently, he. well, he died at the age of 36, I think, or 37. Yeah. And either he'd attempted suicide or he was ill. Uh, uh, it's very vague. I've read some things that say that he attempted suicide, didn't yeah. fulfil oh, that, and then passed away days after. Yeah. And then I've seen other accounts that say he was ill and then died a few days after. But he died with 38 cents in his in his bank. See, I, I have, in the back of my mind, I read somewhere a long time ago that he died after an unfortunate accident with a toilet in his, See, in his I, bathroom. I've seen this as well, that he fell out of bed. He fell, yes. <laughs> Smacked his head on yeah. the cistern. Yes, and, and died. And died. Yeah. See, he also wrote Beautiful Dreamer, which is just a lovely, lovely sound. That one. <laughs> Unfortunately not. It's a beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. Starlight and dewdrops are waiting for thee. Sounds of the rude world heard in the day, lulled by the moonlight of all passed away. It's lovely, lovely sentiment behind them. And they are sentimental songs. So how do you reckon that? Because they're very, well, as it said in the book, poet, poetry and music by. They are very poetic, aren't they? His songs are weirdly poetic. They're lovely. And it makes you wonder how he went from the poeticism of Genie with the light brown hair, which I got right that time, and Beautiful Dreamer, right into the just, just uh, out Filth. and out, out and out sort of. But we, we say it's racism now. It was normal for then. See, I've, I've got a theory that it was sort of to sell. I think it was to sell. Do that's the it. things that are popular. That's what people and then wanted. Do what you want to do. Yes. So. I'm not trying to defend him here. No. But it wouldn't surprise me if the minstrel songs yeah. were the the cash grab. The lost leader. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. Okay. All right. the sort of the genie with the who is a light brown yes. bear. Yeah. Are the sort of, well, I want to do this as well, but I'm not. Do you think so? Maybe. He did the popular stuff and then he did the stuff he wanted. Yeah. And it's weird, though, that the, the stuff that he's remembered for are Beautiful Dreamer. Um, yeah, because they were the songs that would have been sung in parlours and drawing rooms. Um, I think the other songs are a bit too jaunty and a bit too bang, 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 bang. You can't get away with that yeah. standing by the piano. Not in a parlour. No. Music hall you could, because that's what music was all about. Yeah. Playing slightly racy songs to a, an audience who didn't really shut up. No. And throw things at you unless you entertained them. Entertain us. Yes, or else. Yeah. Well, no, 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 uh, no turn would be left unstoned. Stoned. <laughs> um, so was that that was about there was a Glasgow musical that, that had the, that written. Was, or was that the Glasgow the Empire or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. left no stern, no, no turn unstoned. unstoned. I, I think so. So, it's he was capable of lovely poetic love songs mm. and songs of yearning and stuff like that. Um, and he wrote the. The stuff that made him the cash. Well, yeah, obviously I think not, not not enough cash to not to die after a collision with a toilet. Not of the system, but you yes. know, this is a shame. It's you know, I don't think we could have had this conversation. You know, we barely scratched the surface of him, really. But 
I don't think you can talk about this period of music and vaguely this, this genre of music without mentioning Stephen Foster. You can't. Um, certainly not American. And he wasn't on his own. There were other oh, ones no, yeah. as well. But he was the one who, he, he, he has the name. Yes. There was a, was it Dan Hemmett or something like that? He wrote some songs. Don were, Henley. Uh, Don Henley. That's him. Really? Yeah, yeah. The he's, third. He's older than he looks, isn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you, it's just unfortunate. Mm. You know, there's a lot of space. And who, who, who about this? But you... Yeah. I mean, you can definitely hear his influence, though. Like, we've already mentioned Randy Newman. Now, there's a lot of similarities between Randy Newman and Stephen Foster. I'm sure he'd, he's yes. sweating as I'm saying that. Well, But both... Well, musically, definitely, there's a lot there. It's very American. I know that sounds like a sort of... You're right. If you were going to try and define American... Yeah. In, in music, yeah, you'd have to say um, Stephen Foster, um, Charles Ives. If you want to get really arty about it, uh, well, l- uh, let me just move over to the piano. Copeland, Aaron, Aaron Copeland, Azza, yeah, um, Aaron Copeland. But again, with things like hold down. Um, I'm fully certain that that was nicked from Irish, Welsh, Scottish melodies. I reckon it was. Yeah, I reckon that's just Celtic fiddle music. Oh, yeah. Americanised. So, if so, a lot of these songs, and a lot of these parlour songs as well, apologies, I've just switched mic so I can be nearer the piano, the pianola, um, they follow a very similar chord progression, or they do a similar thing. Like the turnarounds are always the same, right? I'd say. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. So, but a lot of them are very British sounding, which wouldn't be surprising because if he took the original songs that the slaves were singing, and then he'd need to make them popular for. Uh, not a largely British audience, but a largely Western audience. Yes. Then he would have to use the the musical what's the word musical devices tropes and devices that were uh, familiar. But I think you can tell that Stephen Foster is American when you hear that. Oh yeah, it's tricky though. What, how do you define Americanism in music? See, and how do you define the Britishness? Of some of those songs as well. Oh, now you're into who knows. It, it, yeah. I don't know. Unless you do a, a good analysis, a harmonic analysis of what makes British music British and American music American. See, it's I, tricky. I'd say that it's a lot of like wide harmonies mm-hmm. in the piano arrangements. See, instantly all I can hear now is is it Buzz Lightyear's theme from. Oh, uh, that, yeah, it's something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that sort of... Yeah, but there's a lot of gospel in that as well. Yeah, but it's it's all three chords, isn't it, really? It's all three chords. And yes. everything else is just sort of embellished over the top of it. Well, that's because three chords are popular and easy to sing. 
and you don't want anything too complicated. I mean, no one's going to walk down the road whistling something by Charles Ives, <laughs> um, but we'll all walk down the road whistling something by Stephen Foster. Yeah. It's, it has to be simple. Simple sells. It it does. Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Because And he knew that. So oh, let's let's cross back over okay. to this. That was a quick uh, excursion. It was a quick excursion. I'm not sure how much we can sort of squeeze out of Stephen There's, Foster without sort of... It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the shovel is looming very yes, yeah, near. Yes, I, I think we've done Stephen Foster, um, but his influence on popular music uh, was huge. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we could speak about Stephen Foster. I don't think we could speak about this subject without speaking about Stephen Foster. No, you can't. Just because his influence yeah. is obvious on yeah. the rest, on the sort of the trajectory yeah. of modern yeah. music, it's, it's and, there. Yeah, and if you think of power songs, then it's easy to uh, imagine someone singing I Dream of Genie" mm. because it's such a lovely song. Why CCW? You won't be CCL. The British power song. Yeah, like I said right at the start of this, I think the Dickens inspired mm. songs of um, not just reminiscence, but songs of loss and songs of songs designed to remind you or show another side of society that was far away from you that you could sing about in the warmth of your own room while people starved and died outside. Mm, nice. You, you might not do anything about it, but at least you can sing about it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And it might have raised awareness of people, but it wasn't all about that. It was all about death. It was all about uh, love, unrequited mm. love, all that sort of stuff. They were nice songs. Songs, well, songs of war. As well, there's a lot of wars yeah. going on. We're fighting everybody. But we invaded everywhere, everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Like, um, because of that, there were so many wars, mm. and that means there was so much death. Yes, and uh, that's why the Victorians were not obsessed with death, but death was all around them. Mm. Uh, so they they sang about it a lot. I'm just, uh, yeah, uh, soldiers and sailors, uh, the soldiers' tear. Let yes, yes, let me like a soldier fall. People wanted to die. Um, weep, You're weep, asking for it. Uh, weeping, sad and lonely. Oh, it, it, it rocked in the cradle of the deep. That's obviously someone drowning in it. Um, Asleep in the deep. And it is. It's, you know, it's rum and religion. Stuff like that. There were lots and lots of songs like that. Mm. But there were songs designed to make you think, yeah. I think. Songs easy to sing, designed to sort of pass a really nice evening. Yeah. And a lot of them had four-part harmony, which meant everyone had to get involved. Yes. If they could. But there were a lot of singing teachers around at the time. Piano teachers and singing teachers doing a fantastic making trade. Making a fortune. They were making a fortune because everybody wanted to sing. And it was said of um, young men, if you want to attract women, learn to sing. Mm. Because a, f a fine voice would just attract women like moths around a flame, apparently. Like the Lynx advert. Yeah, they'd be falling from the skies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's it it did happen. It's raining men. Yeah, well, it's hallelujah. Um, yeah, but a lot of them were songs of songs designed to make you think. Yeah. Like Dickens. There's one here called Fathers are Drunkard and Mother is Dead. And, yes, that would have happened. Not in your middle-class parlour, but certainly a few hundred yards down the road. So do you, reckon there's, do you think there's a bit of humour in that as well? Oh, out in the gloomy night, sadly I roam. I have no mother, dear, 
No Pleasant Home. I don't think there's much humour in oh, that I one. I don't know, you know, because I, I think there's a. I think there's quite a bit in there of sort of very dark humour. Well, no, I, 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 I just. <laughs> okay, nobody cares for me. No one would cry, even if poor little Bessie should die. Barefoot and tired, I've wandered all day, asking for work, but I'm too small, they say. On the damp ground, I must now lay my head. Father's a drunkard, mother is dead. There's not many laughs in that one. Um, but you could sing that, and everybody would be entertained, and they think, isn't it terrible? Isn't it awful? Mm. Just like reading Dickens. It's like people who like to be ill. They get a kick out of sort of just... yes. Going yes. to the doctors and just being yeah, ill, yeah. Like, but with, with that sort of song, you, you couldn't, you didn't just sing it. You could act it out as well. Mm. You know, the angst you could wring out of that song, you, you could, like a you wet just, towel. Yeah, you could just wring every ounce of emotion out of that yeah. song. And easy to sing, I think. Um, and it's in four part. Uh, we'll have to have a go at these four part ones, you know. Um, uh, do us a favour. Yes. Uh, can you give me? Oh God, it's in A flat again. Uh, e flat, F, E flat. E flat, F, e, uh, C, D, C. Dedum. I can say out in the gloomy night. Yes, yeah, lovely. Um, out in the gloomy night. You see, it's perfect. Just even that. That was beautiful. That was that. And it's that sort of backing, which is exactly what I've got here. It's just easy to sing. Mm. And out in the gloomy night, that sets that sets your stall out straight away. Yeah. It was a hot summer night, and the beach and, was burning. Uh, yeah. There was. <laughs> And there's another song here, and I'm going to read this out for you as well. Um, it's called Come Home Father. <laughs> oh, uh, Father, dear father, come home with me now. The clock in the steeple strikes one. You promised, dear father, that you would come home as soon as your day's work was done. So he could be working. I... Oh, dear me. Oh, hear the sweet voice of the child, etc. So songs like this, easy to sing, full of melodrama. Mm. Victorian melodrama is what you want. Oh, yeah. And the songs were there. They were designed to entertain people. And if you sang them in the right spirit, then bingo. You have all your, all, all your friends in the parlour be hanging on your every word. Got him there. Yeah. Like yeah. Freddie Mercury at like Freddie Aid. Mercury at Wembley. <laughs> Only in your drawing room with five or six people. Mm. It's, That's I, teeth. And it was like a an open mic night. Yes. It's like an open mic night, um, just with proper words and mm. people who could sing. <laughs> and play. And play. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah. I, I, I'm a great admirer of parlour songs. Yes, yes, <laughs> but they are. It's, it's it's a shame. It's a shame that sort of community spirit of music is gone. Well, we were discussing this, weren't we, earlier on? That obviously we play, we do that music thing. We do, yeah, sort of. I should do more, but no. yeah, but you know, and the sort of the difficulties that we've had getting a gig, <laughs> impossible, right? Getting gigs. We used to have hundreds of the things. Yes. They couldn't move for them. No. And now, honestly, it's like finding chicken's teeth. You can't it's, do it, can you? You know, 
No. We, you just can't find them. No. But the amount, I, like, I would love, love. I'm just I'm going to lean down and pick up a book. Right. Okay, bend with Is it Steve Foster? Bend with me. <laughs> and he, and he, right. Yeah. I hold in my hand yes. a piece of a paper. Piece of paper. Uh, it's right. This is peace, a busk. <laughs> peace in our time. Yeah. We're not going to be able to play anywhere. So, you know, 101 pub favourites for buskers. Yes. Now, some people, I think, would just sort of instantly think that is loads of cheese, terrible <sighs> songs, right? There's some absolute amazing songs. Yes. Right? And again, they're a direct line. They are a direct line. So moving on from Parlour, yeah. the music hall comes next. And the music hall sort of turns itself into pub. Yes, for all the wrong reasons, I think. Yes. I think the music hall... I, I don't know why it died out. It might have been World War One. Probably they were all bombed. They were all bombed. Yeah. Or maybe they just outlived their... Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? It's one thing we'll have to research. But, yeah, I think Parlour songs are okay if you're posh. For the rest of us, yep, who wanted to go out and be entertained after a hard week of work, we'd go to the musical mm. and we'd have variety, which you don't get anymore. No, we used to get it on a Saturday night. Um, you'd have like an hour and a half of something with jugglers and some gymnasts and cannon and ball and someone who could sing. Hey, up, yes, and yeah. um, it was a nice variety program. That's gone now, that's not what people want. No, but musical was all about variety. Well. Obviously, I've done. I keep saying we've done a bit of research. So, the music halls, yeah, apparently that the they were sort of developed by public houses as sort of being their entertainment room yes. or their supper room. Oh. so a lot of them were originally called supper rooms. Oh, really? Supper room entertainment. Sure. So you would pay, you know, yeah, half a crown. Ah. Oh. And that would get you into the supper room right. and also buy your first drink. Oh. And entertainment would be provided. I didn't know so that. So I think all of this, all of the music hall stuff is just a way to shift booze. Well, everything is. Yeah. Uh, in a capitalist society. Everything's people, about booze. People want to make money. Yeah. And um, too much booze is what they were singing about in their parlours. Mm. But outside you just sang about the glories of Let's booze. Let's get more. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah. Work is the curse of the drinking classes, yes. <laughs> but, so, apparently, when the supper rooms were built, yeah. sort of in the pubs, back gardens mm-hmm. sort of thing, they they weren't allowed to... So, in, in the current climate of, like, sort of 1850 to, like, 1920, yeah. that's sort of the music hall yeah. golden era, supposedly. Right. So the king would only give a theatre licence yeah. to two venues. The king. The king. Wow. Right? Okay. So this is pre-Vic. Yes. Vic. Yeah. Um, so Drury Lane. Yeah. And the Royal Opera House. Right. So the music halls were not allowed to perform plays. So that's where the musical oh, songs... Oh, right. Okay. Because a lot of them are acted out, aren't they? Yes. Sort of, you see the performers. Yeah. The, one of the first musical songs is Champagne Charlie. Here's my name. Yeah. Uh, 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 Champagne Charlie is my name. name. Yeah. There it you is. Know. There it is. Yeah. And they're all sort of acted in character, aren't they? With sort of... Yes. Yeah, by some fabulous actors. Yes. And some great singers. Some... Amazing performers yes. as well, you know. Yeah, 
And the songs are great. Yeah. So, but they were, a lot of the songs are a bit rude. As we, it's just sort of, Daddy wouldn't buy me a bow out. But mm. and again, you were you were aiming for the lowest common denominator. It was like the Love Island of their day. Yes. Not that I've got anything against Love Island. Oh, I um, but it was that everybody watches Love Island. I will uh, say, just on a tangent, Love Island is absolutely terrible. No. It's just, you know, I can't believe well, that's what the happens. abuse. Yeah. Oh. Of just, it's incredible. But that's, that's what people want. Apparently. Um, yeah. And the music halls were the same. You could go there, you could get drunk, you'd have something to eat, you could shout at the people on stage. Yeah. Um, you could throw things. Apparently, I can't see them ever throwing things. But Well, apparently. Uh, really? They yeah. Did. Okay. The, the young boys yeah. would always sit in the oh, proscenium arch. The pres- yeah, wow. As, you know. Gee. And some of these music halls are... Beautiful buildings, yes, like yeah, especially the big empire ones, but the smaller yeah. ones even more. Yeah, all of sort of the young boys would come yeah. in and were allowed upstairs. Whoa, and they would take opportunity because the arch would sort of slightly mm-hmm. overlap, yes, downstairs oh, to relieve oh, themselves no, didn't. onto performers no. and the audience, really. And they would come in with horse manure in their pockets because it would keep your hands warm. Got their posh there, wouldn't they? Throw it. No. You know, throw it at them. Seriously? And apparently the ladies of the uh, place uh, I don't, I don't know this. would have fish guts from the uh, stalls. Seriously? To throw at the bad performers. Apparently the Glasgow Empire was notoriously the worst, like, wow, just impossible. Like, you just couldn't play it. Good grief. I didn't know that. Fish guts. Fish guts and eyes. Fish guts and wee. Yes. And it, but apparently they were so smoke-filled, yeah, well, because yes. everybody was smoking, yeah. that you could never see who was doing what or who. Wow. It must have been fantastic. Well, one of the... It's Frank Matcham, right, is one of the architects that built all of the Empire... It's a name I've, I've thought I've heard of. Or I yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I'd heard it before sort of Googling it. Mm. Uh, and he designed all of the Empire theatres. And they have an enormous chandelier in the middle. Yes, oh, you have to, yeah. But there's a flue built into the chandeliers. No. That is, you know, a ye olde filtration system. Never. Yeah. It all went past the chandeliers. It all goes through the chandelier and gets... Imagine the colour of those chandeliers. They're yellow. They're <laughs> yellow, like Lucasaid bottles. Yeah. God, seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, good grief. Yeah, it must be an entertaining place. Yeah, it's you know, it, it must be like warfare. Imagine the band. Oh, yeah. Because there'd always be a pit band. Imagine that you're in you're in the crossfire oh, between yeah. the artistic and the what's depths the, of hell. The depths of hell. Yeah. Imagine being the conductor. You have to duck. Oh. And the sh- guts and whittle going past you with a written knot. Oh, it must be horrible. <laughs> oh, nasty. But it must have been a fantastic place. Yeah. And the people who could survive are the entertainers. If they were good. If they were good. So well, I think that's the thing that sort of, you know, it filters out all of the sort of... Yeah. 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 All the the mediocre ones. Yeah. But then again, okay, so I'm mediocre. When you're talking about musical, what I think of is Wilson, Keppel and Betty. Mm. Uh, you know, our, it was Stanley Holloway. Was he uh, musical? 
He's he's late, eater, isn't he? he just but... had mon- monologues, didn't he? But he was knocking on a bit. He must have sort of done something in musical. Well, Stan Laurel. Stan Laurel. Started yes. a musical. Yeah. Um, Charlie Chaplin probably as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, this will be got a, a decent reception. Well, I, I know, uh, I can't think who it was that um, performed Champagne Charlie. can't remember what his name is or was. Oh. But... He made £250 a week. Yeah, the, the money was huge. A week. The, the money was massive then. And to put it into perspective, yeah. the average working wage yeah. would have been £20 a year. Yeah, it's phenomenal, isn't it? In a fa- Between the family. Yeah. Well, it just drags people in. You know. Well, it's like celebrities these days, they get their money. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, what, you know, you pay them, the people turn up to see them. Mm. That's why film stars and footballers, footballers are entertainers, they're not sports people. They get a huge amount of money. And obviously they did then as well. There was one I was thinking of who just turned the money down. I can't remember what his name was. He turned down a huge amount of money with thousands and thousands of pounds. He said he didn't want to do it. That's probably, probably the of, fish guts uh, of the the fish guts of the wee, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't touch it with a baseball. But they must have been fantastic places. Yeah, and, and the songs, getting you know, sort of getting back to what... Uh, oh, yeah. Really, we're here to sort of talk about the music of those times. Yes. Um, the songs are just great. They're so well written. They're so well performed. And we are going to uh, <laughs> let's let's leaf through. Let's turn the pages let's of time. No, largely these were comic songs. Yes. Well, uh, anybody that listened to the last episode of the podcast, we sang the end of my old cigar. Yes, which is a Harry Champion song. Yes, a lovely song. Harry Champion. Widely regarded as one of the kings of music hall. I'm not going to uh, doubt that at all. No, I'm not going to doubt that at all. And Probably stank of fish and whittle. Yeah. <laughs> He's humming. Maybe he probably didn't. Uh, yeah, well... But there were songs that were instantly appealing. Yes. With lyrics that were funny. Now, I think it's Mary Lloyd was oh. one of the... Was she the one who was doing things with Prince of Wales? Yes, she had apparently, she had a saying that if they don't join in by the third chorus, right. she'd never, ever sing the song again. Wow. Doesn't matter where she was. Seriously. If, if they didn't join in on they, the third chorus, the song didn't work. They just knew it by yeah. then. Whoa. Boy. Good grief. That's... R- really? Yeah. After never hearing it before. If you didn't know it by the third... See, that would quite take something to write those songs. Yeah. What, what sort of songs are we talking about? Right, let's, let's flick through the book. This, By the way, if anybody can... If anybody's interested in playing any of these songs, yeah. this book, the Bumper Book Music Hall, I don't know why it doesn't say of. No. It's the Bumper Book Music Hall, 100 songs for piano, piano, vocal, piano, piano. and chord symbol songs. Right. Okay, it's Faber music. It's a big Bible of uh, great songs. Um, I used to sigh for the silvery moon. See? That's a song of love and yearning. I used to sigh for the silvery moon. I used to sigh. Are these all the same tempo? Do you get any slow yearning ballads? See, uh, we were talking about this on the phone the other day. I always assumed that Let Me Call You Sweetheart was a musical song. Yeah. But it turns out it wasn't. It, it's just a song from the 30s. Yeah. That's sort of 6 8. Waltz. Yeah, we're going to have to sing some of these. Yes, well, I think we should. Oh, Champagne Charlie's in here. Yeah. 
Um, let's have a look. Oh, Mr. Porter, what can I do? I wanted to go to Birmingham, but they've taken me off to crew. Take me back um. to London quickly as you can. Oh, Mr. Porter, what the silly girl I am. See, oh, see now, Let Me Call You Sweetheart is in here. So, is my research wrong? And oh, that it's just... Have a look at it, it'll give you the publication date. 156. Well, that's very early. <laughs> BC. <laughs> it was the Romans' favourite song. <laughs> Let me call you sweetheart. What did I say it was? 156? Yeah. Oh, 1910. Musical. Musical. There we go. Musical. You were right in the first one. Yeah. Which goes to prove that you can usually recognise a musical song. Again. It's very low, isn't it? Let me call you sweetheart. I'm in love with you. Yeah, it's, How it's, easy is that to sing? Yeah, love with you. I'll tell you what. Let's let's sing a let's sing a chorus. No, I, have to, I know the words. Oh. I'm moving forward, singing on, turning on my lamp. Oh. Get ready, everyone. Oh. And a lot of these songs had opening verses, which are beautiful. But it's the chorus everybody knows. So let's go. A lot of these the... choruses are completely for, uh, verses are forgotten about, like uh, "Roses yeah. of Picardy." Oh, I love oh, it's a lovely song. Sorry about the, the, the mic noise here. I'm busy fighting with stands. Who's Stan? Uh, give me that D. Okay. Give me that D again. I've gone down to one ear. What's happened to my thingy? Oh, there it is again. Are back? Let me call. Are we ready? All together now, everyone. After three. One, two, three. Let me call you, sweetheart. I'm in love with you. Just turning the page. You. <clears throat> Let me hear you whisper that you love me. song. Everybody would know that. What a great chorus. And it's simple. It doesn't do much. Have a pick. Where's the, uh, where's the harmony there? I'm in love with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go... Yep. Uh, if it wasn't for the houses in between. Good God! Which is a, 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 this is a man who's got a fantastic house with a wonderful view, unfortunately spoiled by the houses in between <laughs> him and the view. Um, I see, I'm, let's, let's, let's look for something that everybody might know. Ginger Yabami. Um, the future Mrs. Hawkins. Oh, wow. 1915. I'm Baby caught it, Rachel Now what about I'm I'm Give me a D Give me a G 
time. I'm Burlington Bertie, I rise at 10.30 and saunter along down the street. It is Burlington Bertie from Bow. I uh, find another one at Trinity Church. Oh, God, I'm only a bird in a gilded cage. That's another one. That's a slow one. Yeah, it goes everywhere, that yeah, one. Uh, yeah, that's, that's enough for that one. <laughs> you know when we said they're simple songs for everyone well, no, to but, sing. But they are. We just go through it and find something else. Um, the Boy I Love is up. That's lovely, that one is. is that, what, can we just go back to The Boy I Love? I mean, this one caused scandal. Because it was sung to... I'm a young girl. And yeah. I've just come over. Over from the country where they do things big. Yeah, isn't this... One, was it if it was Mary Lloyd? She sang it to the Prince of Wales as he was sitting up in on the balcony. Maybe I think it was. I think this one caused a scandal. We're in the key of the, F for everyone. Oh, that's an easy one. Chorus, 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 chorus. Boy, I love is yeah, yeah. boy, I love is. Mm, where's the chorus? Boy, uh, is it Scotty? <laughs> hey, give me a C, the the boy, the boy I love is up in the balcony. Boy, I love waiting down on me. I can't, I can't get that high, but this this caused a scandal. Yeah. Yeah, lovely song. They're great. They're, there's a lot of fantastic songs in there. We'll have to sort some out. Yeah. Especially the harmony ones. Yes. The harmony ones are beautiful. But yeah, so the songs in music hall, you would never be able to play in parlour songs, in, in, in parlours. Not because they're just separated by time. They're separated by style, genre and subject. Yeah, they're much... They're, they're sing-alongs, aren't they? They are big sing-alongs yeah. about potentially rude subjects that you'd never get away with. In- Catchy choruses, yeah. innuendo-filled. Yeah. and But I will say, a lot of them take unbearable amount of skill to be able to pull off quite, you know... Yes. We did End Me Old Cigar. Yes. The amount of words in one oh, line of a on and on and on verse, and on and on and on and on, and on. yeah, it takes yeah, they're, they're hard to sing. And I think a lot of it is written off as just being comedy songs. I, I don't think you can write comedy songs off, which is going to be a subject for another evening. I was going to say that's a whole because you you can't comedy songs are that's an art form on it uh, on its own mm. to make people laugh in a song that's memorable. Yeah, that's yeah. really taxing you. It, yeah. And everybody knows a comedy song. And regardless if you think that comedy song is rubbish or not, the fact is you know it. It's stuck in your head forever. Someone's reaching down for something. It's the big book of comedy songs. Oh. Yeah, but that's not comedy songs. No, it? but the it's, influence. It's a straight line. 
straight in there. It's not even evolution. It's if if you take Stephen Foster, uh, Randy Newman, yeah, change, 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 adapt, use. Yes, musical Jason Dave. Yes, <laughs> the piggyback. It's it's the same thing. Yeah, desperately trying to keep tradition alive. Yes, and doing it now. I didn't want to just bring up Chaz and Dave because just they're the, great. No. But one, they're, they're great. great. And two, they, I'd say, are probably equally written off as just being... A novelty act. Yes. Yes. Which I think is a lot of the problem with musical is that if you pay, play somebody a musical song now, yeah, it would be put in the same bag in bin... As yes, Chaz and Dave, probably. unfortunately. Yeah. But I think it's not just Chaz and Dave's fault. I think um, in the 70s and 80s... You, oh, hang on, my microphone is, has Should put my foot on your, decided uh... to attack me. No, I think I can put my foot on my own. Yeah, yeah. I think in the 70s and 80s, anyone who remembers... Exactly. exactly. They were huge. They were huge, not they? <laughs> anyone who remembers Chaz and Dave remembers them from Saturday Night Variety programmes. Yes. Which I think they were probably shoehorned onto well, by from, publicists. Apparently their manager yeah. just would not say no to anything. Uh, which, yeah, they were on everything. They were writing theme tunes for everything. Yeah. But they were good, but that wasn't what they were. No. They were the sort of knockabout. See, this is what where I got the idea that maybe Stephen Foster was doing cash grab songs. And then being able to do things that he okay. would want to do. Yeah, just because I think, the... obviously, if you take, I didn't think we'd be talking about Chaz and Dave really, but you literally brought it up. I did. You know, there's a lot of their songs that are the, the songs that people know of them are probably Rabbit. Yep. Ain't no pleasing you. Yep. But ain't no pleasing you is not. I would. I'd say that's just a. That's just a great song. The novelty songs are probably uh, Snooker Loopy, isn't it? Yeah. And Rabbit. Gotcha. Yeah. Sidebud song. Yeah. Yeah. It was just... Apart from these 20 songs. songs. But there is a rich, rich history of British music and culture that is... And it all goes back to the musical. Yeah. And that they've... they they, They were trying to keep it alive. Yeah. And the fact is, they were popular. But they're very popular in. Well, they're very popular in London. Yeah, when they went to Australia, and when they went to America to tour, right? They just went down as well as really. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's something to do with the novelty of sort of it's British and I'd say using broad strokes now that the Americans are quite sort of they romanticise Britain quite a lot. I think. You know, I like, think that's a trait in everybody who's been separated from their home country. All they do is go on about it and sing about it, but they never go back. No, yeah. They go back to how great Ireland is. Yeah. Uh, how great <laughs> Wales is or Scotland well, or Go England. there then. Yeah, go back there. <laughs> don't go on about how great it was. Go and live there. Yeah. Um, but they they don't. And I, I think, yes, they probably romanticise the old country. Yeah. Yeah. So, but... If you take some of their songs that are written, there's there's a few of their songs that are completely, you would assume, covers of songs from the Edwardian era, yes. the 1920s. Yeah. I'm thinking of 
Come to me, my melancholy baby. Ah, oh, yes. I would have said that's a cover. Yes. I wonder in whose arms you are tonight. I do, uh, melancholy baby, yes. I wonder who, in whose arms you are tonight. I think, did they write that one? Yeah. Yeah. Melancholy baby, no, they didn't write that one, surely. I think they did. No way. Bear with. Hang on. <laughs> You've got all the books ready. I've got everything ready. Page 38. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Melancholy Baby's an older medical one. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's a great song, Mike, uh, Melancholy Baby. <laughs> they did a great version of it. <laughs> right, we'll end it there. No. <laughs> Damn it. So it's a lovely, lovely song. Yes. It really they is. did a great version of it that song. They did a song. It's a perfect song. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. So, yeah, they are good exponents of the traditional music hall British song. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's a shame, one, that they're not doing it, two, that they didn't get recognised for that in the 70s and 80s, not just a snooker loopy and that sort of stuff. I think a lot of people find this with, with probably loads of bands where the hits become the thing that everybody knows and everything else is just sort of brushed aside and overlooked. Yes. And I think they really suffer with that. They really did suffer with it. That. Yeah. Because they like musical royalty. Honestly, for anybody listening, that when you say the Chaz and Dave, when you say Chaz and Dave, people will just sort of... Yeah. You just think of the two Ronnies, don't you? Or even, you know, what's the um, the West Country... Um, band. The Wurzels. Yeah, that See, sort of... Uh, but uh, even still... Again... Great they, players. Great players, and they had a whole load of stuff that was just eclipsed by, I've got a brand new Combine Harvester. Yes. Um, because they were funny, they were, they, they were good. It's the same with Chas and Dave. Yeah. Although Chas and Dave, like I said, musical royalty. Uh, uh, yes. Words cannot describe how yeah. great... No, and if anyone thinks that we're wrong... We're not. No. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, you cannot argue. No. No, they're fantastic gigs. Yes. Really great atmosphere. They knew how to handle a live crowd. Their songs are good. And they can really play. And they can really play. And they can sing. and They're excellent. And they could really write. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they, they were keeping the musical tradition alive. Yeah, and that's the thing is that they are they are probably one of the last. I wouldn't say they're the full stop. Maybe they're the comma of where musical really stops. I think I think they're the stop. That's sort of. I don't think anyone's going to go for it from now on. No. Why bother when you can get anything you want on Spotify? Yeah. Um, no one's going to want to hear. Ali was a champion, or. Little bit of cucumber, 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 little bit of. No one's going to want to hear that. No. Um, but when they play it, it's fantastic. All of that tradition of British music yeah. is incredibly rich. It like, is. There's so much there. Yes. It'd be impossible. We would ju- We decided to do this just to sort of scratch the surface and maybe sort of point people in the direction of. Yeah. Just have a look at some of this stuff. Yeah. And you can only scratch the surface. 
there were so many music hall artists and so many songs and so many Powell songs and so many Edwardian songs, which are infinitely more difficult than Victorian songs. And we're talking about such a huge period of time, yeah. sort of, you know, say 1840 to 1920, 25. Yeah. Well, yeah, and now 1970, yeah. where songs were just being churned out. Um, I think Stephen Foster wrote something like 200 songs. But then you've got people over here like Noel Gay. Oh, the British Run the, Rabbit Run. The, yeah, the British Irving Berlin. I'm leaning on the lamp put at the corner of the street. Yeah. Uh, loads of stuff. Um, I've got a Noel Gay songbook somewhere. Um, and Ivan Novello. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really good songwriters who are very much of their time. Yes. And they're sort of stuck there, basically. Because things move on. Yeah, the, yeah, thing, things change. Yeah. But I think a song, a good song is a good song. <sighs> it depends. I think a good song is a good song if you want a good song. People don't want a good song anymore. People want a rhythm and a beat. That's, that makes me sound like I'm 92. <laughs> um, but that's what they a want. Rhythm. Yeah, people don't want to sing. No, yeah. It's increasingly difficult to make people sing. Well, but all you've got to do is go to, oh, dare I say it, a funeral. Go to lots of funerals. Singing has stopped in funerals. Yeah, nobody does it. No one does it anymore. You'll have, um, oh, who knows, something by Queen that people like. Yeah. Or My Heart Will Go On. Or Angels by Sarah McLachlan. Or Angels by Robbie Williams. Anything called Angel. <laughs> you'll just have that on. Because that's, that's, that's what people want. That's what means a lot to them. Um, they don't want to sing. Singing's gone. Uh, and I think the whole Chaz and Dave thing is about communal singing. I think, yeah, and a lot of that of the music hall as well is the sort of... Oh, yeah, everybody, just, yes. Just let your hair down and just do it. Just have a go. Yeah, everybody just do it. Just everybody, go for it. And this is what I like. I'm just going to, just going to church music. Hymns. hymns, hymns, and carols. Honestly, hymns are great. And we have I sent you my ultimate hymn book? No, you haven't, and I want that. Is that the fake book? Yes. Yeah, a lot the of hymn a, fake book. There's a lot of American stuff in there, isn't there? There is, but yeah. there's also tons yeah. of stuff that's. Well, what I don't like about... I, I love hymns. The best things about religion are the holidays and the music. And probably the architecture. And the wine. And, and the wine. <laughs> lots of wine. And the um, cassocks. Yeah. Um, I do like a good cassock. <laughs> and a bottle of wine. Um, uh, oh, no, you put me off. Now. Yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? I'm thinking, oh, I can think of one now is cassocks. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm a pervert. <laughs> So yeah, um, hymns. singing, singing yeah. hymns and, and carols especially. Oh. Um, carols are songs of celebration. Hymns are songs. What we've done to them is we've sanitised them and we've over harmonised them, and we want more. When I think hymns and carols were were being sung in chapels and churches, they were being just belted out by everybody. Yeah. No, no one bothered about harmony. They just went there to have a good sing song. Well, we just don't do it anymore. We have four-part harmony in carols. Nobody knows any carols anymore, either. No, no the, the, I mean, I know some carols. Um, I know, the one in work. No, <laughs> no um, carols are, I know, um, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, this that, is what everybody, the Mariah Carey one. The Mariah Carey one. No. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. No, but they don't do them in schools. No. But then that could take us on to the terrible state of music teaching in schools. 
yes. And the sort of... They're very religious, aren't they? Yes. And you can't have that anymore. Well, yeah, it's oh, just God, sort no, of... I did that one. Oh, yeah. God. Well, yes. But no, I know what you mean, is that it's sort of... They're very Christian, aren't they? They don't yes. sort of... They're not multi-faith songs. No. They are very Christian. Well, yeah, it, it's Christmas. Here comes Jesus, and now there's earth. Yes. Here yeah. he comes, here he comes. Yes. Hey. Hark, hark, hark. Yes. Which, and uh, all that's gone. We're not a Christian society anymore. We're not a religious, we're a secular society. Yes. You, all you've got to do is go to church. There's three old women in there. Well, like, I, I don't, I'm going to say something now I don't think I've ever said on the podcast. Yeah. I used to go to church as a small boy. Yeah, I, used, I think I used to be forced to go to chapel. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, up until probably I was about nine or ten. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. Every Sunday. Yeah. I'd have to go with me nine yeah. to church. Yeah. And there was nobody there. No. Like nobody. Nobody there. No one at all. All you've got to do is stand outside a church or a chapel if there are any chapels open anymore. And yeah. you see the few people streaming out. If they're not flats. Yeah. A person is flooded yeah, out. With a Honda Jazz outside. Yes. It's, <laughs> they're all closed down because no one does it anymore. No. But however. That's just churches and chapels. I think if you go into inner cities and you go to the oh, yeah. big, the big Christian Christian rock, Christian rock, or even multi-faith worships, those are big. Yeah, because they go there, and they have a nice time. They dress up, you can sing, have a really good sing song mm. and a good worship. Uh, it's it's good for you. It's good for your soul. Even if you don't believe, it's just nice to be around other people doing the same thing. I think, yeah, people get a kick out of people getting a kick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think getting a kick is uh, uh, contagious. Yes. Because it's, you're there, you're singing with people, you're all doing the same thing. And it must be lovely. I'm not religious myself, but I admire people who are. Yeah. Um, it must be nice to believe in something, something. else. <laughs> yes. No, it, it's, you know. But that act of worship, especially the singing, but See, we've lost all that. I'd say a huge part, other than uh, other than you, mm-hmm. I'm saying that you're a huge, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> a, a huge part of probably my musical upbringing. Yeah, is being completely sort of swamped by religious music. Yes, you know, it's not fun. that I am religious, no, I'm not, but it's fantastic stuff. But and it's really well written. <laughs> Got to be. Easy to sing. Yeah. Yeah, sort of easy to sing, um, as long as it's not in a crematorium and yes. you've got the wrong chord. Uh, well, it's not the wrong chord, you're just in the wrong place. I thought, was it Mike Bat saying that? Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's always in the wrong Those key. Those in peril yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, the sea. Yeah, it's, always, it's always in the wrong key, so you can't get it. But we've lost that. And I think music has changed. People don't want to sing anymore. They want to listen. Yeah. And why sing a hymn? When you can listen to Angels by Robbie Williams, because it's a bigger song. See, I'm not sure where I stand on this, with the sort of the piping in of songs at funerals. I know it's massively popular, That's because but it's probably popular because nobody knows any hymns anymore. Yeah, yes. If more of us, if like ninety percent of the population went to church, then uh, church songs would mean more to them. Yes, than popular songs, hmm. but we don't. Popular songs are the soundtrack to your lives. Well, uh, there's my mother went to a funeral a few days ago, and the oh, my mother saw your mother there. <laughs> oh, god, really? Yes, yeah, welcome to roast. Yeah. Um, 
Um, she said she couldn't get away. It was a, <laughs> it was a rugby club one, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Huge. And the song in the middle was Runaway by Del Shannon, which would have meant an awful lot to that person. Yes. Far more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all his friends, and everybody would have known it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I agree with that entirely. Yes. I do. I, yeah, I, I get that. But it would be nice if people would sing, but they don't I, sing. I think that's... It's just, it's the accepted thing now that you just pipe in a song that that person liked. It's a soundtrack to their lives. Yeah, that's what I mean, is that only because they weren't sort of in that world. They they don't, they don't know any of those songs. That's not their fault. But they, don't, they don't know any religious songs. Yeah. Well, do they need to? No, 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 no I'm not saying that, but... I'm just trying to sort of. They're great, you know. I've played, you know, I've had to. I've played the organ for a few weddings, oh, boy, and, I have, can, and I can yes. confirm it is the most terrifying thing you'll ever do. It's really scary. Organs are horrible to play anyway, it, especially when you've got to play it on demand. Honestly, how people get any enjoyment? No, I mean, you hit a oh, note oh. and it co- it goes. Whoa. Yeah, it, there's a lag. There's like, a lag at everything you play. It's like when you watch a huge orchestra and the conductor. Yeah. And yeah. it, they sort of woof. Yeah. Everything grinds to a start. Scary things. And it grinds to a start. <laughs> yeah. You know, people don't know any hymns. So, like, when they were sort of saying, oh, what songs should we have? Yeah. People only ever choose Morning Has Broken. Or yes. uh, Morning Has Broken. All Things Bright and Beautiful. Yeah. It was, no. And, but even now, they wouldn't know that. No. Uh, see, I, my, one of my uh, one of my favourites is Love's Divine oh, Love's Divine Love's Divine Love's Divine Love's There's such a wide range on that song. Uh, yeah, huge. And if you're not practising that every Sunday, you've had it, really. Yeah. You'd be lost. Uh, and which is why people don't want to sing. The communal singing has gone. Mm. It's gone completely. Even when when we've played... Blah, 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 when yeah. we've played a gig... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, when was that? I think it was the turn of the millennia. Yes. Um, people just don't want to sing along. <laughs> no, they don't. And even if they know the song. They don't know the song. Uh, see, yeah, but we've played some stuff. Yes. That people don't know. People think they know. Until they have to do it. Until they have to do it. Yeah. They might know the title that they can yell. Yes. Or they might know la da 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 They might know that bit. Who's your father? Yeah, but they wouldn't know the words. No, yeah. Because people don't sing. And people should sing. And that singing started not with music hall, but with churches. Everyone singing together. See, people are really embarrassed to sing in public as well. Yes, that's because they don't have any practice of doing it. It's it's really strange. I'll get up and sing anything at anyone, even though I've got a terrible voice. I'll hold my hand up. I'll do the same. I'm right behind you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it it doesn't bother me. Um, But it bothers a lot of people because they don't do it. They don't do it at all. And they should, but they won't. Because it is quite nice. If you're in a big choir, um, then that's that's fantastic sometimes. Mm. Uh, As long as you can keep to your own line, not listen to the tenors because they've got a better line than me. Um, (laughs) That is quite difficult. Can you see your parts? Yeah, (laughs) but... <laughs> but what, once you've got it, it's like that thing we were singing earlier, just two parts, 
but it's just it's it's the blending of those voices. It's this might sound marvelous. really sad as well. Yeah, it's really fun. Yes, it's great. This is why, strangely, people get together to sing madrigals. <laughs> no, they do. You get people get together to sing madrigals. Some of them are quite racy, apparently, with saucy lyrics. Good Ooh, grief! Yes, um, but apparently, madrigals are lovely to sing. But that four-part stuff, if you get four people singing it, mm. um, it's just marvellous. Which I never used to think so, because um, I used to do, I used to try and do two-part with Miss P. And I, maybe I wasn't interested. I don't know what it was. But it was nice at the time. And maybe I should have done more of that. Because it just feels nice. There's something about those blending of voices and the vibrations. It does do something. Yes. I'm not religious, right? But it does... Um. Do something. There's. I watched an Inspector Morse once, and Inspector Morse said he's not religious at all. But sometimes when he hears Mozart, and then nothing, he just just dot 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 dot. And I think he's right. Um, sometimes when you hear music, you maybe you think, yuck, there's something higher there. Yes. Yes. And that's why the best things about religion are the music, the holidays, and the architecture. A, a lot of these hymns, you hear like, you know, like the King's Choir at Christmas. Oof. It's on every year. Yes. Probably the best choir in the world. Very good religious choir. You know, as religious choirs go yes. in their cassocks. Yeah. yeah. They're unbelievable. They are very good. But what would you rather? Would you rather be part of that? Or would you rather go to a midnight mass Christmas Eve? Oh, yeah, 100%. I just belt stuff out without any pretense. See, a bit of both, because I think sometimes, especially here, it's very different watching something on the telly or listening to something with your headphones on to actually being there. There's no no contest. And feeling it. There's no contest. You do feel it. It's really strange. It's just, yeah, you you have to be there when it's being done. Yeah. Which is why I don't listen to music. I don't listen to music, any recorded music, unless I have to try and learn the bits. Well, your wax cylinders are pain. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, just heat. <laughs> They're all flat. Yeah. Um, I don't bother listening, because you, you, you don't get that full thwack when you've got a massive orchestra or something. Yeah. Um, hearing an orchestra has a weird sense of mellow power to it. I will say as well, sorry to go on another tangent. Well, we're just going off on the tangent anyway, it doesn't music, matter. The music halls yes. sound great. Well, yeah. What amazing sounding yes. rooms. If you've yeah. got all of those theatres in London now where, yeah. like, The Lion King are wicked, yeah. those rooms sound incredible. Yes. And they're dead. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. No. You can hear somebody whisper on it's the stage weird, from right at the top. Yeah. And they're yeah. not, supposedly, they're not built to sort of... No. With thinking of that thing, because they build halls now, being very acoustically aware. Yes. You know? But it depends on the singer. Again, let's go back to Miss P, who can tune a harmonic in her voice in order to cut through it. Tune everything. the harmonica in her voice? Yeah. <laughs> she, can, she just... Good singers don't just sing. They yes. are They are tuning the harmonics all the time so that they can just cut through anything there. I think a lot of people sing and they're not aware. Like, I sing... And I just sort of... You just, yeah. I just sing. I, I, I do musical shouting. I get free. <laughs> Sometimes rhythmically as well. Yeah, well, no, no, just, no, 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 not always. But but when you realise what singers are doing... Yeah. When you try and figure out what that singer's doing, it's just bewildering. It's like chess. 
All right, there's me playing chess, rubbish. There's someone good playing chess, yeah, they're all right. And there's the masters. And what they're, what they're computing well, yeah. all the time is unbelievable. Snooker. Yeah. I, if I can figure out with the white ball, I'm all right. <laughs> and if I can make that white ball hit the red, I'm fine. But then you've got to do a colour. And there are, No, I don't get that far. And there are people, say, down the club who can not only pot the ball, but they know where they are for the next ball. They know where that white ball is going to end up. They know where that white ball is going to end up. And they're the professionals who are five or six balls ahead of you. You look like Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah. Chooses not to try. Yes. Yeah, because he can. Yeah. Because they're on on another level. Yeah. And singers are on another level. They can do stuff we don't even know they're doing it. We think they're making a nice noise. Yeah. It's it's just the tuning of the harmonics and where the voice comes from, the belt voice and head voice and chest voice. Oh, God, it's another world. It it makes me sick. Yeah. It really makes me sick. Because so, I've thought about it a few times now to, to sort of go for lessons. Um, What's the end of that sentence? Yeah, really? we are then, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But if you listen to, because I've got this thing about, when I sing I don't listen to music, I've got this thing about the quartet from Rigoletto. Can't remember what it's called. But it's got... It's a good Placido Domingo... And someone else, and Joan Sutherland, and someone else. There's four of them because it's a quartet. And you think Placido Domingo's good, but when Joan Sutherland just starts, it's phenomenal what There's she can some do. Scary voices, and she's just trampling all over. Mm. Um, did I say Placido Domingo? You did. I didn't mean Placido Domingo. It was a big one. The other bloke. Three tenors. Uh, Pavarotti. Pavarotti. Yeah, Pavarotti. Who's you know he could sing. But John Sutherland makes him look like a beginner. Mm. I mean, he's great. He's got a fantastic voice, but she's bronking neck. And it's all the tuning that goes on. They're just hitting that thing over and over again. They're, yeah, they sort of constantly adjust. Like, you can see them doing it as yes. well. You can sort of... Yeah. yeah. And when she hits that last note, she just draws herself back. You, you can see the move. Goes for it. And it's phenomenal. So there's that, which is all... It's, oh, it's lovely. Four-pound harmony is very nice. But there's just singing. Just singing. Yeah, it's getting together a whole bunch of people and just having a good sing. Um, and I think some of the decline of this as well is that there's no pianos in pubs anymore, and there's not as many people who can play. When I was in school, in junior school, almost all the teachers could play piano. Yes, they could. There wasn't anyone in the school who couldn't play piano. Even actors. Yes, like you go back to the fifty, forties, and fifties. Yeah. Say all the like Dick Van Dykes and yes. all those sort of people. They can do everything. They like triple threats. Yes, they can dance. They can yeah. act. They yeah. can play. They can yeah. sing. They can, you know, they can do everything. That's four. These days, you don't, um, <laughs> people in schools can't play. No, um, and you know yourself. Um, let's do not a Christmas play. No, no, hang on, not a nativity. Yes, do a Christmas play, which comes on a CD. Yes. It comes on two CDs. Oh, God. It comes on two CDs. One, one with all of the... <laughs> one with everything, including the voices, and one with just the instruments. Yeah. And I, I was so dismayed. I refuse. I, it was awful. We're not doing this. But that's, singing's going. Yeah. Um, and even when people sing, they sing on their own, they sing in the car, along with the uh, whatever they're listening to, which means they're singing wrong. Yeah. Um, because they're listening to it and not them. So it's a shame. Yeah. How did we get here? We started off with Stephen Foster uh, and his unmentionables. Uh, yeah. Well, now we're talking about the decline of singing. We'll wrap up. Oh, it's a shame, though, ain't it? Don't believe.
So, next time, yeah. Well, next week is yeah. going to be a normal review episode. Yeah. But we're also oh, we might use it in that episode. Some of you might have seen the post that I put out on Twitter, which is asking for your opinions or su- suggestions rather for people have a fantasy football team. They do that sort of thing. We're going to do a fantasy band. Right? This is something that used to be popular years ago. They used to do it all the time in sort of Melody Maker and... I used to do it all the time in school. <laughs> Tim! Yeah. Um, Concentrate. Ooh, yes, uh, Mr. Uh, Emerson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cozy pal! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to put together our fantasy band, and we want to know what your fantasy band would be as well for us to discuss. So I've sent out a message to some podcast people and I'm just going to read you out what it says so that you can all... We're all on the same page. Okay? So, we're going to do a fantasy band episode of Look Who's Talking, and we want your suggestions. The band will be playing covers, so you're not picking the musicians for the band so that they can play the songs that they're necessarily associated with. So you're not picking Paul McCartney to play bass, so you can do Hey Jude. You're picking Paul McCartney because you think he's a great bass player. He plays bass and sings and is good, so therefore I want him. But the fact that he has written songs that everybody knows, that might come into your argument as well. So the lineup is drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, vocals. Okay? You can have two of something if you like. So you could have try not to go for two drummers it's not genesis you, or two bass players oh well, well you know do what adam, you want adam and the ants the yeah there you go so if you want two guitar players or two singers that's fine but yeah the basic drums bass guitar keyboards vocals i think one singer one singer just one okay two singers that's cheating what if you have a singing bass player or a singing guitar player then you just have a singing bass player right okay so you have one less in your band. Yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, so... All right, okay. So you could choose... John Wetton. Yeah, Paul McCartney, Greg Lake. Sting. Sting. Oh, what a choice that'd be. Oh, yeah, just have four police. of them. Yeah, just yeah. all of them together. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. so that's, that's what we're going to do. You can email us at mail at wccy.co.uk or go to our Twitter... Uh, twitter.com forward slash who can convince. I'll try and say it a little bit less of a buzzle away. Yeah, so tweet us, send us a message or an email of your suggestions. But we want to know why you're picking them as well. So uh, JR Southall from The Strangers in Space has got in touch with his suggestions uh, and has given you know his reasons why as well. So don't just pick somebody, tell us why. And this is dead or alive? Yes. Okay. Not the band. Not, no, the, no, not the, the musicians band. may be dead or alive. Yes. Okay. You know? All right. So there you go. So okay. we'll give you our suggestions first next time. Right. And then we'll read out yours. And then we'll get on with the review. Or we might do it the week after. We'll see what happens anyway. <laughs>
Okay. There you go. I could open a whole new can of worms, couldn't it? Yeah, I can hear the I can hear the can coming out of the cupboard yeah, now. Yeah, so can I. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Okay. And there we go. Well, then that was very enjoyable. It, it, it that was great. It might have been a bit rambly. It might have been a bit rambly, but you know, it's a conversation. Yeah, it is what it is. Right. One last thing to do: choose which story we're doing next time. Sorry, I can't breathe. Um, we need to choose a story for next time. Okay. Are, you, are you choosing or am I choosing? You can choose if you wish. Is this... Yes. Well, I was amazed. We are talking about Doctor Who here, aren't we? We are, yes. I was amazed to find out that um, it was historical. Yes. There were no monsters, no aliens. It was all historically based. And there was one called the Romans, which I, I thought, the Romans? I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Would you like to do a historical? If you have any other choices, and feel free, you know more than I do. But I've, I, I see Doctor Who, I see monsters and aliens and space travel. I didn't think Romans, but this well, was just just Romans. Yes. Well, I tell, I tell you what, let's do the Romans. I, I've, 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 I've just said Romans and beaten you into submission. The thing is, will everybody have this? Are we going to talk about something that only a few people have? Oh, don't worry about them. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so we'll do the Romans next week. And we're going to try it in a little bit of a different way to that we normally record our reviews. We're going to watch it live. Ooh, right. So we don't need to do any research. <laughs> <laughs> As in, we, we don't have to watch no, it before. We before. No, we're going okay. to Lovely. put it on right, and we're going to talk about it as yeah. it's happening. Nice. Okay. And there we go. Look forward to that. So that was uh, Pile of Songs, Music Hall. Jazz and Dave. Pub. Music, racism, racism in popular music in America. Yeah. Uh, oh, good, yeah. Christianity, the, the <laughs> yes, the demise of um, mass singing. Yes, shame. And there we go. Thank you very much. Good day to you. Good I'm, evening. I'm, good evening. Yeah, is that it? That's everything. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Bye, everybody. everyone. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs> You can send in your feedback, comments and suggestions by contacting us on Twitter at WhoCanConvince, email us at mail at wccy.co.uk or visit www.wccy.co.uk. Be sure to leave the podcast a rating and a review on your podcast platform. For bonus content and access to the podcast Discord server, consider supporting us on Ko-fi. You can find all the links and information on the WCCY website. Thanks for listening, and thank you for your support.